everyone, welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney, I am the host here, and I hope that you are all staying very healthy and continuing to self-isolate, which is so fun. I know that we are all <laughs> getting a little bored, but I'm just super thankful to be somewhere safe, and I am with a couple friends still. I'm with the same people I was with last week. I assume I'll be with them for several more weeks. I'm just happy to be here. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy and isolating appropriately for you. I'm going to go ahead and get right into what today's episode is going to be about because I've been sitting on my notes for today for the last like four or five days probably. Like, should I do this? Should I not do it? And just kind of really putting a lot of intention and thought into it. But I think that it's an important message and so I kind of just want to go ahead and dive in. So I knew that I would get someone somewhere to say something about last week's podcast. It's a very touchy subject. I understand it's very sensitive. It's a big deal, the coronavirus, and obviously. And I knew by opening myself up and talking about it, I was opening myself up to potential, I hate the word backlash, but I mean, I in the moment, I just can't think of a better one. And so I knew I was opening myself up to that. So I will go into many more details. However, I do want to take today to clarify a few things that I don't think that I said clearly last week. And that's kind of where the discrepancy was. And there was also a few things that I just blatantly made mistakes on, which I also prefaced, but that's not necessarily an excuse at all. But I just knew going into it that this is a topic that's heavy and big and very intricate. And so I knew that I would make mistakes throughout the episode, even if I had done research and even if we, you know, whatever. It's kind of like when you're talking with a friend and just going back and forth, you're going to make mistakes. So I'm going to clarify a few things I don't think I said clearly. I'm going to address a couple mistakes that I made throughout the episode. And then the bulk of the episode is going to be really me addressing the two people who, I'm not going to be addressing them, like, specifically, but just these two people came forward and kind of how I believe a person should approach a conversation when you want to have a productive discussion versus approaching someone in a really condescending, hateful way. And I will get into that before even going any further or getting my wine. I just want to start off by saying, like, I since birth have hated any type of drama or any kind of cattiness or anything in that realm. So that is not at all what today is going to be about. It is really not about these two specific people. It's really the kind of difference in which like the the way that they went about the discussion and how I just realized while talking to these two people the importance of approaching someone with like an open mind versus going at them in like a really hateful, mean way. So I just don't want anyone to think that I'm like trying to stir anything up. That is the last thing that I want to do. I really just want to make sure that anyone who might share the thoughts that they had, that I clarify anything that there might have been confusion on or things that I did flat out wrong. And then I also, like I said, I just want to go in and kind of share my perspective on approaching a conversation and how I feel like it could be done in a productive way if that's what your end goal is. And so I do have a lot of notes today. And I kind of want to forewarn you that if this episode sounds a little bit more scripted and not so off the cuff as usual, it's really because I, I have a lot of things I want to make sure I say. And so I'm going to be reading a little bit more than I typically do. So yeah, that's pretty much everything. I'm going to pour a hefty glass of wine for this one. And I would love for you to do the same or grab a drink of whatever you would like. And we will meet back here in one second. 
first of all, I do want to say also, I'm so sorry that my voice still sounds like this. It's got to be brutal. I would rather do the podcast than not do it simply because of my voice. So it is what it is. I had like a bunch of Bloody Marys yesterday and I'm still in the very, very dry desert. I don't really know how quickly this is going to come back, you know, but I want to go ahead and jump right into everything. So I'm going to start off by the corrections and clarifications of last week's episode that I take full responsibility for. I should have done more research. I should have been more clear. I know that I am someone with a platform, which was very clearly told to me, and that I need to be more careful with my words if I'm going to be sharing it with any amount of people. So when Katie arrived, we didn't think during the podcast to clarify that the podcast was recorded a significant period of time before it was released. I do a podcast and it takes, you know, usually about a week to then get it out and published. So it sounded like Katie had just gotten here when in fact at that time she had already been here for about 10 days. And before that we had each been self-quarantining for nine days and I will get into why nine days is not the ideal number either, but we thought it was at the time. So yeah, we did not think at the time to tell you during the time of recording, it was going to be a significant amount of time, at least a week until the podcast came out. So it sounded like she had just arrived and we were a little bit negligent in that, but I promise you she had been here by the time the podcast was released. She'd been here for at least nine or 10 days. So it just kind of sounded off and I should have thought to clarify that further. The gas pumps I stated in the last episode, and before you think this is ridiculous, I promise it's worthwhile to the people who it matters to and it should matter to everyone. And I don't want to be a representative of misinformation. That's not at all why I do this podcast. It's not someone that I want to be. And then this also is not like the meat of, ironically, I know I'm vegan, but like the meat of today's episode. So uh, we will get to some different things along the same lines later. However, gas pumps. I said in the last episode, I had read in an article, which I now know that's incorrect. I said that it was like the highest, most transferable place for the coronavirus. That is not the case. It is a very high touch area, but it's not the number one place, but they are still dangerous and precautions should be taken whenever you go. So you need to be wearing gloves, using one hand to pump your gas, washing your hands before or after at least using hand sanitizer. And we will hear from a professional in just a little bit what they do when they pump gas or do anything like that. So yeah, that was just kind of a I just stated that incorrectly. I had read it somewhere and therefore I kind of went off of it being the truth. And then the next thing, when I said that gas mileage was in any form a reason as to why I was going to stay put instead of crossing the country to go uh, be with my parents, because that would be the only option I have in terms of staying in a home, did I mean that my the gas mileage on my van was more important in any way than a person's life. Like, absolutely 100% not. I hope that no one listening to this would ever assume that, like, the gas mileage on my car was the biggest reason as to why I didn't go home and therefore I'm doing something now and staying put and making a wrong decision in a selfish way that could be putting others, you know, in, in a compromised state out of selfishness, I hope that nobody would ever think I would do that for the mileage on my car. I want to be very clear that the van is the only possession I have in this world. I don't have anything else. I don't have a storage unit. I know a lot of people on the road that have storage units. I don't have another vehicle. I do not have a residency anywhere. I'm a legal resident of Chicago, but my parents live in Indiana, but I don't have a house. I don't have an apartment. So frankly, depreciation on my one and only worldly possession 
is of importance to me. And I do not feel guilty for saying that at all. However, in the midst of explaining that risking my own health, risking my family's health once I would arrive, risking the health of hundreds of people while crossing the country and stating so many other reasons, I really hope that gas mileage wouldn't be the thing that you would focus on as being my number one reason as to staying in one place. But if that was not clear, then I would like to clear that up. The last thing that I want to go over in this kind of category is uh, my dad sharing cocktails with a neighbor. If you haven't listened to the last episode, please do. You're probably already confused if you didn't. But I basically talked about the fact that my dad had this Facebook war going of who in our neighborhood could make the best cocktail at night. They're all bored and they need things to do. So they've now made these like super elaborate cocktails every night. They all share it on Facebook and they're just upping their game every day. And a few weeks ago, there was one night where one of our neighbors asked my dad, oh I, man, I really wish I could have one of those. So my dad left a plastic cup on his porch of that same cocktail. I did not clarify that it was a plastic cup, so it sounded like I was talking about a glass, or I might have even said glass because I didn't know at the time that it was a plastic cup. I've spoken to my father since and found that out, but a professional who I spoke with said that the virus can live on glass for a substantial amount of time, so sharing of any glasses shouldn't be happening. They should not have done it. Even if it was a plastic cup, it still should not have happened. It wasn't responsible. Frankly, I don't think they knew it was unintentional. And my dad was literally just trying to do a nice gesture for the neighbor. However, that was technically putting him at risk. So do with that what you will. And that's kind of the last clarification or admittance of mistake. As for everything else, I'm going to say a few sentences very clearly because apparently I did not clarify these things enough. And I'm not going to go into detail, but these two people who shared with me their very different perspective than mine told me that I did not in any way make this clear. So I'm going to make it very clear. Do not travel leisurely or really any for any reason at all. You shouldn't just be traveling going about your life. At this point in the virus, you should probably be somewhere safe. So even if you needed to cross country, it's a little bit late for that. So don't travel. Wear gloves and masks if you have them. And obviously, do not freaking hoard them. If you're selling them on Amazon for a giant increase in price, you're not a good person. But if you have access to gloves and a mask or anything that you can have when you're going out in public or having to, I don't know, go get groceries or doing anything, you should be wearing those things. Wash your hands constantly before and after touching pretty much anything right now. It might seem excessive, but it's actually not. It's quite important right now. Take this as seriously as you possibly can. There are still people who are convincing themselves that they need to be going about their regular life to some degree. And I want to be very clear, none of us are going about our regular lives. So if you feel like you're suffering, we are all suffering. <laughs> like, none of us are doing what's ideal. And I know right now a lot of people look at what I'm doing and they're like, yeah, but you're in your van, which is your preference. And you get to be out in the middle of nowhere, which is your life already. I cannot tell you how boring it is to sit in the dry desert and I don't climb. There's not even really climbing where I am. There's nothing to do here. I wouldn't climb anyways because climbing is negligent because you could get hurt and therefore take a bed in a hospital. I I've been looking at the same view for so long. Um, this isn't my preference of anything. It's not my preference of what I'd rather be doing. It's not my preference of having a coronavirus taking over the freaking world. Nothing that is happening is my preference, and I'm sorry if it ever came off that way. 
And then lastly, make the best decision for yourself and do not let bullies on the internet tell you that your legitimate actions and choices are wrong. You know what is best for you. If you're listening to this, you are likely an adult. Maybe you are slightly underage. Then if you are under 18, honestly, just do what your parents are telling you to do. If they're not telling you what you think is best, then do what is best. If you are an adult, which most of you probably are, do what is best for you. You know what is best. I'm going to leave it at that. The next thing I want to do is read two screenshots from medical professionals, one of whom lives full-time in a van and is working on the front lines of the coronavirus. The second person does not live in a van. Therefore, they have a different type of perspective, but has also worked with not directly the coronavirus, but is in the realm of the medical field and has information to share with us. I asked both of these professionals, and I did speak with other ones, but I think... They, they all genuinely said the same thing. If someone comes for me, I'll read them all out loud, but I'm just choosing two that I believe have the most experience and I think are well thought out answers. I'm not choosing two people who sided with me. No, I spoke with a few people and they all shared this perspective. I'm just reading the two who I think have the most experience and background. Okay, so number one, this is the person who does not live full-time in a van. I had him listen to the podcast. This is what they said. As a retired firefighter and domestic preparedness consultant with 20 years experience training hospital staff proper response, your decision to stay put was spot on. The blissfully uninformed, they clearly are a little feisty, the blissfully uninformed may think otherwise, but the government of California ordered the entire state to shelter in place. What that means is simple. You stop moving and take shelter where you are or the nearest safe area. It for damn sure does not mean to run home across the country, contacting others as well as gas station pumps, truck stop door handles, and random items. That would be both illegal and illogical. Further, you went headfirst into this lifestyle. It's not a van hobby or a weekend or fantasy. It is your life and it is your home. The same person said BLM is a federal resource. As an American citizen, you are well within your right to use it responsibly. The next person. This is the one who lives full-time in a van. I thought that was important to get a full-time van lifer's perspective considering they're on the road, right? They said, okay, I can see why the first was an issue, blah, blah. That was in response to what I was saying. You are supposed to self-quarantine for 12 to 16 days after travel. Doctors and nurses are living at hospitals or hotels and not going home to their families with small children or elders because of the fear of spreading it. 10 days is sufficient enough. I had told her after we had a little bit of a discussion that Katie and I had actually quarantined for 9 or 10 days before this. She's basically saying that was not enough and that's not what the CDC recommends. So she's saying, but you just never know exactly 10 days is probably sufficient, but you don't know, especially since uh, she just traveled to get to you. Just saying that when you went to the grocery store once, because I did say that in the podcast, that does not matter. It only takes one time to contract it. The podcast did not offend me or make me mad. It's life and I appreciate you just trying to do what you feel is right. That is all we can do. Please just be careful when not following the CDC guidelines and podcasting it. Gas stations are not the number one transfer, but they are definitely something to be wise about. Plus every credit card reader. I only use one hand when I pump gas. I use the other hand to open the door to my van and I wash my hands after. That is what that person had to say. So frankly... I felt okay after the podcast. Many people in vans have sent me messages saying that the podcast brought them relief because they've been feeling fear and everything from making the wrong decision. However, when these two particular people reached out to me in a very negative way, I immediately felt a lot of guilt and responsibility. And I was like, oh shit, like what did I just do? And 
then, you know, they told me you need to talk to medical professionals. They'll tell you not to be doing what you're doing. And then when I did reach out, I reached out to four total. I chose two and all four of them said the same thing that staying put was the best decision for me. So frankly, I feel good about my overall decision as to what I am doing. Did I make mistakes in the podcast? Absolutely. I hope that today's episode has already clarified them, although we're nowhere near done yet. But I really hope that I'm not spreading any type of misinformation anymore. Like I said earlier, that is not my goal. I don't ever want to do that. And I'm going to say it in every episode if I have to. I'm a human being and I'm not an expert and I don't frame anything as your one and only advice. I'm always sharing this from my perspective, my thoughts, and my opinions. So please don't ever take what I say and run with it as the one and only answer. I want you to speak to other people. I want you to read other articles on any topic. Like, this is not just about the coronavirus. It always get information from many different people. My podcast in me as a person, like I'm one opinion and I have formed that opinion based off of other things. So you need to form your opinion based off of other things as well. I am genuinely sorry if the last episode came off in any way. We were trying to be lighthearted. You know, these two people had a problem with that, I think, but I think everyone else responded the way that I was anticipating, which doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I've always been somebody who tries to be like a light in the darkness a little. So I wanted it to be a lighthearted conversation. I want you to feel like you can escape what's going on right now by listening to me. And next week we will be right back on that train, but today is something I need to take care of. So anyways, now we're going to go into how to approach a freaking conversation as adults, right? So this is the part where I might get a little reedy because I do have notes that I want to make sure I'm talking about as well. Like I said earlier, two people reached out with a very different take on last week's episode, neither with overwhelmingly nice feelings, both of whom I followed and looked up to pretty intensely, to be perfectly honest. Like, these are not two people that just came out of the woodwork. These are two people that I really looked up to in terms of business and their advocacy for different things. So yeah, just kind of a bummer. But one of them was rude from the very get-go, 100% unhelpful, not kind for even a split second of our conversation and seriously downright mean, like mean-spirited, while the other one started off with a fairly aggressive attitude, but quickly changed that when they realized that I had no intention of sharing that aggression. I'm really just not that kind of person. I immediately will take a step back and reevaluate what I've done wrong, apologize on the podcast. I'm more than happy to do a follow-up and admit fault. And... I don't really think I was given a fair chance in either of these conversations initially. However, yeah, I'm always, I have it written down. I'm always willing to swallow my pride and admit when I make a mistake. I am always, like, I'm, I am a person who is eager to learn. I read books because I like to learn. I intake a lot of information because I love to learn. I am always learning and I do like to spread the knowledge that I've learned, but that doesn't make me an expert in anything. I guess I could consider myself a teacher in ways, but I'm no expert or professional really in any way. So the person who kind of changed the 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 attitude of the conversation after talking just a little bit and realizing that I was I was coming to them saying, "Okay, I clearly did something wrong. What can I do to be better?" We ended up having 
a wonderful, productive conversation. It is what exactly made me do this follow-up to at least correct my mistakes. They forced me to take a step back and ask professionals for their thoughts, which I would not have done otherwise. And we ended on good terms and we wished each other well at the end. The person who reached out simply to be mean and not even try to tell me what I could do better, that ended basically by me unfollowing them like, completely changing my opinion on them as a person, which I am, like, disliking them, which I'm fully aware of the fact that it means nothing to them and they could not care less, but there's really just nothing except hostility and, like, kind of gross feelings towards them now, and they got nowhere in changing my mind about literally anything that they said. So many of us are so scared right now about the backlash from making any one mistake about how we're living on the road and what we're doing and if we're making the right decision. We're all going through hard times. Some people it's with drastic financial loss. Some people it's with getting sick themselves or having someone who they can't see because they don't want to risk that person's health. You know, older parents and grandparents who may not have long to live and they cannot see that person. I understand how devastating that is, but please understand that we all have a category of our biggest issue with this. No one is, or I mean, I, maybe there are some people who are just skating by, but people on the road specifically are facing this very weird time where we don't have a place to stay. I don't have a house anywhere. I would have to cross, which I said in the last episode, I know, but I'd have to go all the way to Indiana. And I didn't feel good about doing that. Now I know for a fact because of the professionals, they've told me that's not a smart thing to do. I don't have anywhere else to go. And the fact that people on the road are more afraid of the backlash of making an unintentional mistake than they are the virus itself is bullshit to me. And that's how bad it really is on social media for people who live in their cars as a home. This is already a terrifying time for everyone and giving people anxiety attacks on top of the ones that they are already having is unacceptable and there's no space for it. Like, you're not doing anyone any favors by putting that type of pressure on someone who is likely already overwhelmed with pressure in the first place. I want to address a few main points from the two people who kind of came at me just in case anyone listening shares their thoughts at all completely separate of what I was talking about earlier. I'm not a local anywhere telling me to go to where I'm local. For me and from my perspective is a privileged thought coming from people who are typing from the comfort of their own homes. I'm a legal resident of downtown Chicago because of college, but I don't have an actual residency there anymore. And me going or me going to Chicago in my van right now is insane. Like if if I I was told that I need to go to where I'm local, but I'm local to one of the biggest cities in the country and putting myself at like a, a 100 times more the risk. So that's like where I'm legally a local. My family, like I said earlier, lives across the country. So I would either be taking resources from where they live and potentially giving them coronavirus by traveling across the country, or I would be taking resources such as food and water from the equally large city that I'm currently next to. If this has not been a decision that you are directly faced with, you have no idea what it feels like to not know where to go, when to go, what's best, what's not best, or what move you should make every waking day. And if it is selfish, if it's not selfish, one solution was to sit in someone's driveway who has donated it to a nomad, which is a very kind offer. It's a very polite, nice, wonderful thing for some people to do. And a lot of people have taken advantage of that. And I think that's a 
beautiful thing that people are mutually that they're figuring out and they're they're willing to do for one another. But as a single woman traveling completely alone with my two dogs, no thank you. I'm not going to trust a random stranger with my safety. I thank you to everyone who has come up with potential solutions, but this is not a one-size-fits-all problem. And for me, that feels like a non-solution. I'm not going to go sit in a stranger's driveway for potentially months as a single woman and them most likely knowing that I'm a single woman sitting in a car outside of their house. That just, I just don't want to do that. And that's a personal choice that I'm allowed to make. So the person with the bully-like mentality also said that although I have a positivity shtick, and I put that in quotes, that this was not a positive problem. So this isn't a problem that needs positivity was what they were saying. So I just want to say, first of all, duh, no one thinks it is. Second of all, Positivity is not my shtick, it's not my brand, and it's not in any way for the sake of social media. It is who I am as a person, it's who I choose to be every day, and it's a practice that I have to choose and and to go through every single moment of every single day when people are testing and confronting me with things like this. But I will always try to see the good intention in people like I did with both of these people. And I will always try to meet people with compassion and understanding because I never want to be like these two people. Like, if I approached someone the way that either of them approached me and then if I continued the conversation the way that the second person continued the conversation, I would wake up the next day ashamed and humiliated. I suddenly, for these people, became the face of a faceless enemy that they had been seeking since all of this started. And they twisted my words to fit their own agenda in many ways, completely aside from the mistakes that I've already admitted to making. It is a perfectly fine thing to do to disagree with someone, especially when they make a mistake on a topic that is so close to your heart. It is okay to disagree. And it's also perfectly fine to tell that person that you disagree with that you're feeling that way. It is okay because you can make it an educational moment. But it is never okay, and I will always say this, to bully, condescend, or judge someone's entire character when you have no idea where my mental health is, where that person's mental health could be, where mine has been, and simply all because you disagree with my opinion on one topic, the fact that anyone would think that that's okay as a functioning adult in society is beyond me. And I care so much about the people who listen to this podcast. I care a lot about the people who follow me. I know everyone says that, but like, I feel it. I feel that way every single day. I am insanely grateful. And I know most of you are not that type of person, but I think we all can be that type of person when you're feeling really passionate about the thing that you're talking about. So this is just me encouraging you in moments where you feel a little aggressive, ask yourself if it's worth shaming that person, making them feel guilty, potentially inducing anxiety that they're already experiencing on them. If it's worth doing that or if it's worth approaching them in a kind-hearted, educational, I, w- I want to help you and inform you kind of way. Hello, everyone. So later in this episode, I mentioned having to not do an ad for better help, and that was false, um, or going to be false. I don't think that you're there yet. So I will be doing that now. You're welcome. But anyways, I actually think it was fate 
that I ended up doing it right now because I literally just got off the phone with my therapist about 45 seconds ago and then I sat down to do this. So I'm like fresh out of therapy, feeling great. And like I've said a million times, therapy was one thing that I had to sacrifice when I got on the road because you can't go to a consistent therapist when you're constantly changing places um, in the traditional sense of going into an office. So it has been a phenomenal experience so far, just prioritizing my mental health again because I kind of got off of that for a while. And even just having someone to talk to once a week and kind of go through everything, especially what's with what's going on right now, I think everybody is pretty stressed out. So just kind of having someone to release that to and share without feeling like I'm complaining to the few friends that I am with. So yeah, anyways, if you would like to sign up for better help, you can basically message with a professional counselor that you will be assigned at the very beginning. If you don't mesh well, then you can switch your counselor really easily, but I've stuck with the same person that I was assigned to right off the bat because I am obsessed with her. She's amazing, and I can message with her as frequently as I want, and then I can have one video or phone session per week, and it is one of the highlights of my week every week. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you the code. You can go to betterhelp.com divine and you can join over 800,000 people, which is an insane number, to take charge of your mental health. And again, that is betterhelp.com slash divine. You will get 10% off of your first month with that code. So go ahead and use it. And now we can get back to the episode. Thank you. To make things a bit of a lighter note, I want to say thank you to every single one of you who reached out with positive feedback and shared the last episode. I think the last episode was the most shared episode that I've ever experienced, which I'm sure these two people would hate, but you know, a lot of you guys got it. So I think you understood the message and you gave me room to be a human and make human error without hateful judgment. And frankly, you let me be me. And that's what I appreciate the most. So there were many, many more than of you than there was of them. Two versus dozens of messages about how you relate to my situation. And you know the fear towards the virus and feeling that plus this overwhelming fear of judgment that you might receive if you make even slightly an unintentional mistake or you do the wrong thing. I'm here to thank you and I want you to know that and I'm here to encourage you and I want you to know that and tell you that I see you for doing your best and I want you to know that. We're going to get through all of this together. It is obviously like it's a devastating tragic experience for the world and definitely more so for some people than it is others. I know on the spectrum of people suffering, I'm not on the far end of people suffering greatly. I'm well aware of the privilege I hold in this space, but we need to be there for each other, all of us right now, and we need to be informing people in a kind, compassionate way. You know, we just can't be so harsh and so mean to others when they make a mistake because they're not going to grow from that experience. They're not going to grow from that conversation and then you've done nothing productive. So a message to all of us, stay home to all of you that have houses. Please stay put to all of my friends in vans and please stay safe to every single person listening to this, no matter what situation you are in, what mistakes that you've made or whatever knowledge you have, uh, spread that We need that. We need all the knowledge in the world, but we need it in a way that we can receive it well. And that's important right now. Lastly, even when someone approaches you with anger, I know I said this earlier, but I'm going to reiterate it a million times. 
please meet them with compassion. You don't need all of that anger in your body. Like, it's not a healthy thing physically or mentally to hold so much anger in your heart. And if you're kind of confused why I'm like going off and doing a whole episode about two people versus all these people who like, I want you to take two people that you really look up to and that you have so much respect for. And then imagine if those two people like come for you about the thing that you hold so close to your heart. Like I know I'm a little scattered when it comes to the podcast and I'm definitely no perfect podcaster, but like This is the most vulnerable space that I offer and the most vulnerable space that I have as a person where I can just sit down and talk to more people than I've ever talked to at once. And so for somebody that I look up to to come at me about something that I care so much about, and I'm sure that's how they felt as well, it it hurt a lot. Like it, it, it gave me a, it gave me horrid anxiety. (laughs) Like I was panicking for a a few days, but then I started to unwind. I re-listened to the podcast. I spoke to those professionals. I did what I needed to do to feel more confident in what I had produced and put out there. And I really think that that's also like the, like me respecting them so much was really the reason why it was even easier for me to back down as soon as they said what they said. And I immediately was like, okay, what can I do to improve? What can I, what what do I need to apologize for? What was your real take on it? That's why I went to them with an open mind. It was because of how much I looked up to both of these people. Even if it was ultimately seen as a shtick, which is comical and condescending. One of them told me that my best was not good enough and that my best was selfish. So to that I say, we're all doing our best. And although mine might not be okay and is selfish, It's my best. No one's giving more than their best at any given time. That is why it's called my best. I am always doing my best. And this week, I had more informed information. So I'm going to do my best again. And I'm going to spread that as well. Next week, I'm going to do my best again. (laughs) And last week, I was also doing my best at that time. And I am sorry to whoever received it the way that you did. My intentions, I assure you, were nothing but the best. So I love all of you. To the two people that I've now been talking about for far too long, regardless of the attitude that you brought to the table, positive or negative, or where the conversation ended up, frankly, I love you too. And I wish you nothing but health and safety. And also wishing you nothing but your best, because that's all we can do. So I am going to end by reading a note from my editor who is across the world and dealing with a much worse situation than we have it right now in the U.S. And maybe that will put some things in perspective for all of us who do still think that this is not a serious issue because I don't want to end this on like me speaking about anything but the problem at hand. So I want to go ahead and read what her statement was. I asked for her to let me know what was going on there because she had made a couple comments to me about how bad it was. So I'm just hoping that this can kind of make us all pause for a moment and be grateful for how bored that we really are and the privilege that it really is to be sitting in my van or your home or wherever you are. So she says, I can't say that I'm facing the real problems here. It's the daily wage workers, the migrant workers who come to cities from villages for a few months after planting season and before harvest, the delivery people, the factory workers, the homeless who are being left destitute as the middle and upper classes stay sequestered in our homes. 
The police here are taught to enforce curfews with batons and violence, and they don't have any experience with lockdowns. They know that the workers don't have anywhere to go, that they can't afford to buy food or rent a place to stay without work, but there's no sympathetic process in place to help these people. So they drive these people away from the streets and leave them to starve. Because of a lack of transport right now, many workers and their families are walking hundreds of miles without food or water to get back to their villages. We'd already had a few cases where people have died on the road. Even people giving essential services like water and power plants have been harassed and beaten by the police. Even when the government promises to allow essential services to run smoothly, people are terrified to go to work. I don't mean to paint the police as evil. They've had no guidance. They're understaffed and overworked. It's the system that was already broken and the current lockdown has taken a hammer to the cracks. First of all, that was beautifully written. It's incredibly sad. And I think as soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, I'll sit in this desert and my parents can sit in their house and other people can do what they need to do while some people across the world are terrified to go to work because they might be beaten by police or having to walk hundreds of miles to go back to their villages. We don't even have the ability to imagine what that would be like. I know I certainly don't. So that's, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to read that because it's real. Like it's, that that's what's happening around the world. So the important message from today is let's get through this together. We need encouragement. We need love. We need moments of light during the day. Not every time, you know, someone shares something that is happy, are they meaning for it to negate the devastation that is happening right now. We need those moments. We need those people. And, you know, there's got to be a balance between being lighthearted and having happy moments while also staying safe and doing what needs to be done and feeling sad and feeling the weight of what's going on right now. I'll end, I guess, the episode on just saying, I'm very sorry if you took offense to last week's episode. I'm very sorry about the mistakes that I made. I take full ownership of those. I should have been more informed going into an episode that I knew was going to be not controversial, but opening myself up to what could be. But that's pretty much all that I have to say today. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow, we're going to have our regularly scheduled programming of fun and laughing with Sydney (laughs) about whatever topic I choose. I have no idea. If you have a suggestion, throw it my way. What book am I reading right now? Oh, my therapist, who I don't have a BetterHelp ad today, but always gonna shout it out because honestly, it's saving you, girl. And my therapist recommended Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfections. So I'm literally just starting that book. So I don't, I can't tell you it's a great book yet, but by what my therapist said, sounds fantastic. So I'm very excited to kind of get into that. So yep, that's the book of the day. And I love you so much. I'm so sorry for what's going on. But if you are ever feeling light, then share it with the people. It's what we need. And if you are feeling sad, that's okay too. And you can share that as well. But yeah, let's just do it together. And I love you so much. And I'll see you next week. Bye.